Welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. I'm Kia. And I'm Indira. And you can follow us at underscore Melanin Matters. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about self-love and how to cultivate self-love and different tips on self-care remedies. I got this idea from a post that I saw on Instagram from the Instagram page, We're Not Really Strangers. And they had a post that said, How to Love Yourself a Thread. And they gave like eight different tips on how to cultivate self-love. And I just wanted to expound on those because as we all know, I've been going through like a mental health journey and trying to become more intentional with loving myself and finding my purpose in life, I guess you would say. So I kind of want to talk, talk about that today. I was talking to my therapist as always, this is nothing new. I feel like I chat about this every fucking week now. But <laughs> um, I was chatting with my therapist and she sent me this article to read. And it's called, What is Your Attachment Style? Understanding Adult Attachment Patterns. So it says, our, attachment, our style of attachment is established in early childhood and stays with us into adulthood. Children who experience loving, nurturing care typically grow into securely attached adults who can sustain healthy relationships. Meanwhile, those who are traumatized, abused, or neglected in early childhood cope with their experiences by developing, by developing other patterns of attachment that continue to impact their lives even when circumstances change. Your adult attachment style affects everything from the partners you select and the quality of your relationships to how well you can sustain them over time. Recognizing your attachment style is the first step in understanding why you do what you do in relationships and how to make changes that can heal and strengthen these. The reason why I wanted to talk about attachment styles and self-love and self-care is because The way that we attach ourselves to other people is just us reaching out for love and affection and attention. And if we can cultivate our, if we can cultivate those things inside of ourselves, we would put less pressure and weight on the people around us for them to love us. It says the four child slash adult attachment styles are secure, autonomous, avoidant, dismissing, anxious, preoccupied, and disorganized and unresolved. Adults with these attachment styles differ in significant ways. How they perceive and deal with closeness and emotional intimacy, ability to communicate their emotions and needs, and listen to and understand emotions and needs of their partners, modes of responding to conflict, expectations about their partner and the relationship. I'm going to talk about my attachment style because it's, this article is very in-depth. If you're more interested in learning your attachment style, I would recommend looking it up. But I'm going to talk about mine and how I've been trying to heal from this, I guess. So this is the one that I observed for myself. And when I chatted with my therapist about it, we kind of agreed on this together. So my attachment style is preoccupied anxious. With this attachment style, you tend to be anxious and needy, you crave closeness and intimacy, and you're often insecure in your relationships. 
insecure in intimate relationships, constantly worried about rejection and abandonment, preoccupied with relationship hyperactivates, attachment needs, and behavior. Needy requires ongoing reassurance, want to merge with partner, which scares partner away. Ruminates about unresolved past issues from family of origin, which intrudes into present perceptions and relationships. Fear, hurt, anger, rejection. Overly sensitive to partner's actions and moods. Takes partner's behavior too personally. Highly emotional. Can be argumentative, combative, angry, and controlling. Poor personal boundaries. Communication is not collaborative. Unaware of own responsibility and relationship issues. Blames others. Unpredictable and moody, connects through conflict, stirs the pot, (laughs) inconsistent attunement with own children, and are likely to be anxiously attached. I don't have kids, so that doesn't apply to me, but whatever. When I read this and actually sat down and thought about it for myself, it really was like an eye-opening, like, aha moment. I have so many misconceptions in my head about different relationships in my life or different friendships in my life and different familial relationships in my life and when I really sat down and took accountability for how though how I allowed those interactions to affect me it really showed me that love starts with yourself And I'm on a journey to learning how to love myself because it's easy to say self-love this, self-love that. But when you actually really sit down and think about, do you love yourself? That's a more difficult concept to grasp. So when I saw this post, it really got me thinking. So I'm going to read through the post for you guys. Again, it's, it's called How to Love Yourself. Number one, get to know yourself. What are your likes and your dislikes? What are your non-negotiable needs? What makes you feel most like yourself? Loving someone involves knowing them deeply and accepting them. So how can you fully love yourself if you don't know who you are? And this one was really big for me because I really don't know who I am as a person. There's things that I know that I like and things that I know that I don't like, but I've never been able to connect it to a deeper level of knowing myself. Number two, reaffirm what you love about yourself daily. What are you better at than most people you know? What would you never want to change about yourself? Self-love is a choice. Are you going to focus on what you love about yourself or focus on what you don't? Um, When I thought about this one, especially what are you better at than most people, I had a very hard time coming up with this. Um, So I was really lost and confused on parts of myself that I love that I don't want to change because I don't know myself deep enough yet and I haven't connected to those parts of my life that are hard for me to I guess, explain. Um, So that one was a real eye opener. Number three, be kinder to yourself when you fuck up. Replace that was so stupid of me with that was so human of me, followed by asking what lesson of self-growth is in this moment and apply that to the future. I have a very hard time with giving myself a break. Whenever I mess up or 
whenever I do something that hurts somebody or upsets somebody, I always find myself being very negative and I speak negatively to myself and about myself a lot. And ever since I've been on this self-love journey, I've learned about manifestation and manifesting things that you want. So how can I manifest love for myself or manifest a better life for myself if I'm constantly speaking and breathing negativity into myself? Number four, or earn your respect. Doing the right thing when no one is watching allows us to have a better reputation with ourselves. When we build that self-image within, we can stand more firmly in who we in who we know we are, even if we're misunderstood by others. This one was a little bit easier for me to grasp as a concept because I feel like I'm a good person. I feel like I do good things for people. I feel like I'm helpful. I feel like I'm supportive. But it's just me understanding that and being that way for myself and not always being that for other people. Number five, own your strengths and weaknesses. Accepting where you are now, even if you don't love what you see, can open yourself up to future growth. Owning who you are, flaws and all, is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and the people in your life. This one was also another big one for me because I'm not at a place that I want to be and I constantly beat myself up about it, but if I'm being realistic, like I'm only 26 years old. So the stuff that I don't have yet, I feel like it's just me being very anxious and just looking at, like being on the outside, looking in on other people's lives, which is why now I really try to minimize my social media intake because that has, that plays a big role on how I feel about myself as well. Number six, investing your future. Often we chase the pleasure of the moment, taken away from the peace in our future. Work out when you don't feel like it. Read something instead of scrolling for an hour. Do what's good for your future self, even if you don't feel like it in the moment. I've gotten really good at doing this in quarantine because there's literally nothing else to do. I've taken like so many online courses. I've read so many books. I actually just got a trainer. I started working out when quarantine first happened by myself. And it was hard because I'm really bad at motivating myself, especially to fucking work out. Like, when I, as soon as I get tired, I'm just like, all right, bitch, it's time to quit. Like, I'm done. But I did my first session. It's a, it was a virtual session with my trainer on Tuesday. And when I say she kicked my ass, like, there were so many times I wanted to give the fuck up. But just having somebody to be there like, girl, get your ass up and let's go. Like, I definitely needed that. So I do recommend investing in your future, even if you don't feel like it at the moment. Number seven, feel freely. Your current state of mind isn't permanent. Releasing added guilt for what we feel allows us to let things flow through us rather than holding our feelings hostage. Whatever you're feeling is all right. You have to let yourself feel it to move past it. This one is probably the biggest one for me because I am so conditioned to keeping my feelings and my emotions and my thoughts to myself because I don't want to be a burden to anybody or I don't want to like hurt anybody or I don't want to have conflict with people I love and I'm just not doing that shit no more, period. (laughs) 
Number eight, ask yourself, what does self-love look like for me? Get specific. Pay attention to what you're doing when you feel your best. What are you wearing? What's around you? Is it warm? Tune into those moments and make time to create that for yourself regularly, alone or with others. Self-love for me looks like getting dressed up, putting on makeup, doing my hair, doing my skincare routine because that just makes me feel so at peace. Taking a bath and listening to music, cooking something, drinking some wine, anything that's just relaxing and at home for me is what I feel like is the best self-care for me personally. I do have some other self-care tips and some other things that I wanted to chat about, but friend, I wanted to get your input on this topic. Um, So I like the information that you gave at the beginning about... Um your attachment styles and basically how you were raised does contribute to how you attach to certain things to look for self-care um I'm not really sure like because I know you explained and elaborated more on the one that directly is about you but um Based off of, like, how I was raised, I don't have any extreme traumas um, in that area from parenting. So seeing self-care and love for me has always been um, something that has been noticeable in my house. Those issues um, did not occur from parenting. I mean, I think that my... um, any of the depressions that I've ever had about myself has been from when I've already spoke about colorism issues for me, but that's as a whole in society, how I um, am viewed in society. But then also being a singer has to be one of the biggest things that has caused like maybe the doubt of myself just because it's such a profession that allows critiquing from all people regardless of if they do what you do or they don't um so that just having that kind of reassurance that I'm doing well has always been something that I've always have to consciously speak positivity over myself and my gift and then also kind of being in a family full of entertainers and singers is really hard too because there's always people that are better than you and there's people that are below you but always in a family setting being compared to other family members that um are singers has always been something that I struggled with not always being the the best um in comparison but it's come to realize that it's not about better or worse but more about like we were all different and at first I didn't understand that I was just comparing it based off of like oh she sings well I sing well can I hit these notes can I do runs can I not and then coming to find out it was deeper than that like one person's gift could solely be gospel while another person's gift can be something else so when I had been working on my self-care which happened more when I was in college um just learning how to reprogram myself to love myself and find the self-esteem that I needed um to keep moving I found myself uh reiterating on the gifts that God has given me to be my source 
of self-care. So now, like, me singing and doing music is really... I personally write and sing for myself first. And then whatever I truly like, I put it out into the world. And it's either you like it or you don't like it. And I'm at that point now. And I think that just like listening and finding people that are motivational speakers um, that are in this type of realm always encourages me to be stronger in believing in myself. And I do like the fact that you were saying that having what is your purpose does really help with connecting to self-love just because a lot of stuff that is physical and tangible does fade. Um, And having something that, like say for instance, someone is saying like, I truly love like the way that I look personally, but it's like at this point, point we're really young so are you going to continuously have that same feelings when you get older it's like not saying that you can't but just for me personally that wasn't something that I connected with to help me like motivate me to do that and I also think having people around you that also kind of carry that same energy or you can see them manifesting that in their in their life like self-care and self-love also helps you to kind of see other examples of what that looks like. Even if it doesn't directly correlate to your own life, you can just see that, okay, there are other options or other um, avenues to create that type of environment. And I will say, like, one person that has really affected my self-care is my friend Q. So she does a lot of talking about... um, manifestation which um at first before before like I started learning for myself like you would just hear like someone say you should just manifest this and it's just like okay I want to manifest ten thousand dollars hello I am manifesting that every day and I still don't see ten thousand dollars in my hand but I realized that really looking at how your process is I think that's the most important thing to growth and to know that you are on the path of doing something mm-hmm. because while you might have not get a stack of $10,000 in your hand, <laughs> look at how income and finances does show up in your life. Like there have been moments when I had had nothing, but I had finesse that I could get stuff done. And it's just like, wow, like I didn't have $10,000, but obviously what I was offering and what I was providing to the universe allowed me to still achieve my opportunities that are honestly worth $10,000. So it's just like rearranging your mindset really does really does help. And I know like for me personally, mm-hmm. it's taken a substantial amount of time to get to the point where it's just like not in, in the mode of like not caring about others more than you care about yourself. So I always make sure that I'm like checking in to to balance out does this bring happiness or does this not bring happiness to me? And that's how I can see self-care being used in my life consistently every day instead of taking like just like, oh, I need to remove myself completely for a whole day. It's just like making sure that I can constantly do it every day. So then it becomes a routine and it's no longer something that I um, think about. And I think also like, I think also being judged so heavily with my 
gift and everything has caused me not to put so much emphasis on others opinions and I loved how you said like you stopped like looking at social Mm -hmm. media a little bit like well basically kind of like okay bitch this is too long for this like I need to do something else because social media had definitely puts up just like the best parts of everyone's life consistently and it's like while you while you don't really notice it that often, it really does affect you to constantly see certain things. And I know me personally, I have unfollowed people to help me be able to still motivate myself and not become the person that sits there and be jealous because that honestly hinders your growth for yourself to succeed. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because you're now aware of the fact that it's like, oh, this is triggering me in a negative way. And I know like some people say like, I love to see when people are doing great things. It motivates me to do better. But it's like that doesn't work for everyone. That's not everyone's strategy. So I do like commend you for like noticing that, hey, this is actually too much for me. Like I need to make sure that I'm sitting with myself to understand that because I also dealt with that too. It's just like... I really just can't be here today. I really can't watch you today, like type of thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's a lot, especially when people lie. First of all, people on social media lie. Mm-hmm. They put up this facade to make it seem like everything is good. And, you know, they have all of this stuff, but it's like, what is really all of this stuff? Like, what does it actually mean at the end of the day? Is it actually serving a greater purpose in your life at the end of the day? And I used to find myself like, looking at these pages to get inspired, you know, thinking that I'm being inspired when really in actuality, I'm just sitting there like wishing that I had their life. Mm. But it's like, why would I wish that I had somebody else's life when you don't know what the fuck these people had to go through to get to where they are? You don't even know if the life that they're portraying to you is what they're actually living. So yeah, I really have to like shut myself down from doing that because I be looking at these like, girls and guys that are like 22 23 driving all of these expensive cars and wearing all of this nice shit and I'm like damn bitch what am I not doing right like is it me like what am I doing but you know you I have to just stop comparing myself to people because we all have a process and we all have things that we have to go through to get to the next level and that's just where I am with it at this point oh I just want to say that's why I like um auntie Tabitha because Mm -hmm. this woman said that she'd been trying to do this for 20 30 years and today is the day that she like is shining like getting her own show um blowing up on social media stuff like that and it's like to see her joy honestly makes me be like girl i love to see it but it's like i i love to see those things because it definitely can become discouraging to always see people that's like 20 to 25 and it's like what the fuck were y'all doing this entire time? Right. And then to also hear people be like, I ain't go to college. I was, I dropped out of high school or I did this. And it's like, well, was there another program to sign up for? <laughs> like nobody told me about how to make money and move out of, move out of my parents' house expeditiously. Like nobody you know, said that. Honestly, I found myself like, wishing that I did not go to college like I felt myself Mm. regretting my choice of going to college because at one point in my life after college I just felt like I had wasted four years of my life like Mm -hmm. even though I gained a lot of valuable experiences in college 
I just felt like college itself was kind of like a waste for me because at this point, I'm not even using my degree. I don't plan on using the degree that I got because that's like just not what I want to do anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just wish that I had more self-awareness before I went to school, which kids don't fucking have self-awareness. Like, not all kids do. So I got to stop punishing myself for that. But these kids now... set up for you. These Gen Z kids now are really doing what the fuck they want to do. And they're Mm -hmm. finding success in it. Like, and their parents are allowing them to do it because my, you know... When we were growing up, well, for me, I'm going to say, if it was something that I wanted to do that was, like, not conventional or not the norm, I was looked at as, like, girl, you need to go chill out. You need to go sit down somewhere. Like, you're doing too much. But these Gen Z kids, like, they're allowed to explore whatever the fuck they want to do. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's important. Like, allow your kid the space to explore their passions and to explore the things that they want to do even if it's not academically related oh the fuck well like instill knowledge in your kids yes but don't force them to go to college or force them to do these things because that's what you want them to do and that reminded me of this post about self-betrayal and this post is from the holistic psychologist and it says self-betrayal looks like Sacrificing all of your needs in order to keep a relationship, keeping yourself overbooked with obligations with no time left for you, achieving something to be validated by someone without truly wanting it for yourself, shaming yourself for your past choices when those choices were made in survival mode, saying yes to things that later cause resent that later cause resentment. So achieving something to be validated by someone without truly wanting it without truly wanting it for yourself is like a big one for me because when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was like make my parents proud. All I wanted to do was I really specifically wanted to make my father proud. Like I wanted to be so perfect for him. I never wanted to mess up. I always wanted to get good grades in school because I know that's what he wanted for me. And college was just always the thing that was spoken to me. Like, you got to go to college. After high school, like, that's it. Like, you have to go to college. And it became so instilled in me that it was what I thought I had to do. Not saying that I 100% did not want to go to college, but it would have been nice to have the freedom to try to explore other things creatively if that's what I wanted to do. I like the first thing you were saying. The first thing that you said was you um, giving up your needs for someone else's or what was Mm -hmm. the... Oh, it said sacrificing all of your needs in order to keep a relationship. Yeah, and I feel like I um, sit with that one specifically because I feel as though that that's something that I heavily learned while I was in college um and through a relationship I felt like I was giving up my passions and my dreams to support a man because I thought that that is what a woman was supposed to do Mm -hmm. not because I've seen that in my house but just overall in media and how it's portrayed I didn't want to be the issue to cause him like to not be able to achieve his dreams because in Mm -hmm. my mind I felt like if you achieve your dreams you would definitely come back and help me achieve mine so it's just like I thought that I was taking one for the team honestly but then it's just like at the end of the day I just kind of realized that 
there's no time stamp of when your dreams will be sick will right. come true so it's just like okay when will it be my time and it's like i i honestly don't put the blame on the person i honestly put like hold myself accountable because mm-hmm. not one time did he ever trick me into that kind of notion i created that all by myself and then even didn't even have that conversation with him and then when it finally came down to the end of it i'm like yelling at things that he just never knew was occurring in my mind about the relationship and i'm just like damn like i really created that and i took i took that moment to be like I don't want to be that girl that puts away my dreams for a man. And I also mm-hmm. saw that with other female friends that I went to school with. A lot of girls were just putting it aside. Like, we all came to school to do the same thing. Yet and still, we now are in relationships, and we all going to put that shit aside to put up this nigga. And I'm like, I'm so confused. And after that, like, I think that I might... Like I've told you guys before, like, I'm definitely, like, when I figure out something, I'm going to over-aggressively do it until I find the balance between the two. So now I'm at the point where it's just like, oh, I am putting myself first every Mm -hmm. time. And my boyfriend, he's like, okay, but I do need some time, too. And it's just like, (laughs) yes, I understand. Like, I have to work on the balance part of you and me because you didn't sign up for a relationship where you were never seen and I can't right. show up and be there for you. So it's like, I, I told him that what I need to do is make a schedule. So that he can see, I can see, please do write yourself in. I write myself in and we can try to do it that way. I know it's kind of corny, but it does really help with like understanding. Like I still feel like I'm balancing well for us and still achieving what I want to achieve. I think that that's good. I don't think a schedule is corny at all because we are all <laughs> fucking busy. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're all grown adults and we're all out here trying to make a life for ourselves. Yeah. So I think a schedule is honestly good. Like, <laughs> me and Steve, we got a big-ass, like, white magnetic calendar and we put really? it on the refrigerator and we just pencil in stuff that we need to do or that needs to get done. We haven't been that great with it, honestly. When we first got it, we were writing on it. But, you know, it's it's progress. It's progress. <laughs> it's progress. Um, so, yeah, I think a schedule is definitely something good to have so that you okay. can split up your both of your times and make sure you're having time to see each other so that it's not like, mm-hmm. well, we were supposed to go out this day. Oh, but I forgot. But this and that. So, you know, yeah. it leaves no room for any of that. And I also found another post that is called um, Self-Betrayal While Dating. And this is on the Instagram page, Sober Black, Gir- Sober Black Girls Club. So it says, Self-Betrayal While Dating might look like consistently changing your schedule to fit theirs, making excuses for behavior that has been upsetting to you, agreeing to things you truly don't agree to, ignoring your needs to seem easygoing, doing most of the work to get it to work, moving more quickly than you'd like, out of fear you'll be rejected if you do not, letting go when you've been hurt or violated, agreeing to less than what you truly want slash need. So yeah, the schedule thing fits perfectly with consistently changing your schedule to fit theirs. Like if you all, if you both agree on days and times that you'll both be free, then you won't ever have to worry about you feeling like you're putting up the most work or sacrificing the most things to fit their schedule. 
making excuses for behavior that upset you. I know as women, we do this a lot. Like, yes. especially <laughs> in the beginning of a relationship, we see like those small little things that they do and we kind of just like brush it off or laugh it off or we feel like we're more of a woman than what they're used to. So we feel like we can change those parts about them. Sis, no, you can't. Never. You won't ever be able to change them. <laughs> if the nigga ain't going to change on his own, you sure as hell ain't going to change his mind. So stop doing that shit. <laughs> Agreeing to so things true. you truly don't agree to. I've been guilty of doing this too. Me like. Too. Especially, even, like, small stuff. Agreeing to go see a movie that you don't want to see. Oh, my God. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, ah. Okay, go ahead. Tell your story. (laughs) No, friends. Say it. Say it. Say it. (laughs) No, that is so funny because I find myself, like, if I get into arguments, oh, I go through the laundry list of shit I did not want to do, and I showed up for your ass. And one time, he, uh, my boyfriend got really upset, and he was like, why didn't you ever tell me that you didn't yeah. want to go? I don't want to force you to do something you don't want to do. And mm-hmm. it's once again a concept that we believe it's the thing that we're supposed to do. Because right. what I, in my mind, when I'm showing up for you for something I don't want to do, I'm expecting you to show up for me in right. something you don't want to do. But niggas never do. They never do. They, they, never, they never will. Do. Because if they don't want to go see that chick flip, they, they not going to go with your ass to not. see it. <laughs> Period. You be there by yourself. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny because they might give happened. you the money to go take your friend with you to go see it, but bitch, they not going with you. Okay. That, that is so crazy because I definitely told him because I told him I did not want to see fucking Star Wars one, two, and three that just came out. <laughs> I didn't want to see any of those. And he was like, he was like, but it seemed like you enjoyed them. I said I have the ability to engage in a movie. Yes, I can watch a movie. That doesn't mean that that was at the top of my list. Right. So when I ask you, can you come with me to the fucking Nutcracker that's happening <laughs> at the Kennedy Center? I don't want to fucking hear ums. And knows I want you to right. say yes and he's like but I really don't want to go but then I get pissed because I was like but I don't want this attitude either if you yeah. will act like this you can stay the fuck home. oh my god that's another one <laughs> in my past relationship I swear he just used to say yes to me so he didn't have to hear my mouth but then would sit there with a fucking attitude the whole time sweetie you could have just said no yeah. either way I'm going to yell at your ass but just say no but now you have to yell at him at the back end instead of yelling right. him at the front. Like, damn. Uh, no, yeah, that's the fucking worst. I've learned to just be like, no, I don't I don't yep. want to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, you be bad, but at the end of the day, we will figure out something that we both want to do together. Exactly. Exactly. Um, ignoring your needs to seem easygoing. This is another one about ladies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Like, we don't want to seem like the bitch or we don't want to seem like we're being too pushy or we don't want to seem like, and it, this is especially happening in the beginning stages because yeah. you don't want to seem like that girl that's asking for too much or you don't want to seem like the needy girl or the yeah. clingy girl or the this or the that. And it's like, why do we put up with shit that we don't actually like trying to impress somebody? Why do we have to change ourselves to get the guy? Like, if the guy can't accept us for who we are and can't it 
can't respect the things that we don't like and the things that we do like, then that's not our person. So I don't know why we constantly put ourselves in these positions to get these guys that are not our people anyway. And I've had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we also fucking forget the girl that we were pretending to be at the beginning. So then when she switches back out, it's like, who the fuck is this? Right. So now... In the beginning, you were the, the nice, easygoing girl. So yes. you got the guy right. But now y'all in a relationship. Now you cussing his ass out for shit that you wasn't cussing him out for before. Now your ass look crazy. You did. That's why it's consistently, you're fucking crazy. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm like, I feel like I have been guilty to that. But I, I, I also said that I was both. I feel as though I am a nice person. I am quiet. Mm-hmm. I can be submissive. But if you have done something wrong or I do not like it, I am also going to be up in your face about it. Right. And one thing that has been really good for our relationship has making, like, when you were saying at the beginning about non-negotiables for yourself, mm-hmm. um, I did, when we were talking about love languages, me and my boyfriend went through that and we wrote down our expectations for our relationship and there was just like I gave him 10 things that were my non-negotiables for our relationship and I think that that was something we never discussed before because we were trying to get to know each other um and learn each other and also um my boyfriend was gone for basically a whole year because he's in the marine corps so to be in a relationship for honestly a year and then the your partner is gone for a fucking year it's like you really put a halt on how you interact and communicate and learn with each other and then when he came back honestly a lot of stuff i've told him felt different to me because it wasn't the same person that you went in to the Marine Corps as coming back right. out. So I had to relearn and reevaluate certain stuff. So we never had that conversation about expectations or what we needed. And then now, like, moving forward, because we have had that, I felt like our relationship has been so much healthier and so much, like, we've been so straightforward with each other. Like, certain things, just like, if I don't like it, I don't like it. If he tells me he doesn't like something, it's like, I don't try to get emotional about it but I listen to what he has to say and I just be like Mm -hmm. cool and I think that it's made us stronger we have a lot more laughs and a lot more good times than arguments because at first it was like a lot of arguments and it was kind of um tumultuous for us but now it's like okay I feel like if we just were honest and like were ourselves at the beginning I think we would have still made it to this point now but it's just like pretending does really halt you in that weird phase where everyone's saying like oh your third year fourth year that's when it gets crazy and it's like well bitch if we started off strong the first year and wasn't lying i don't think i would have had to go through year three year four acting fucking crazy because now we're going into our year is year five and bitch when he told me that we're almost five years in a fucking relationship i was like i don't know you (laughs) that's not like i'm just so mind blown when i hear how long that has been because I just was like I remember when you first got into this relationship with him (laughs) and I was like Indira has a what? A boyfriend? (laughs) What are we actually talking about right now? (laughs) Yeah it's been it's been very weird but I think that that's the best part that's like not feeling like it's that long and also just basically not feeling like tired or exhausted it's just like yeah I'm just I just have a boyfriend and we happen to have five years coming up. So, But that's, <laughs> that's nice good. because it's not like you're looking at him like, oh, this is just my boyfriend. But he's like an actual friend and like an actual yeah. person that 
you know, you want to be around and you want to be in your life. So yeah. I think that's important. Steve and I have had those conversations too. And ever since I've been like trying to grow and change, we've connected way more deep because I'm the type of person where I feel like I'm being open with people and I feel like I'm telling people a lot about myself <laughs> when in actuality I'm not like <laughs> like I'm not saying shit like I'm skating around the topics but I'm not really going deeper and more in depth about things that have happened to me or things that have affected the person that I am today and you know that was very frustrating for him not being able to crack that code and like really get deeper inside of my mind because he's shared some of his deepest darkest secrets with me mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that but I didn't understand how me not being able to open up on that same level for him I didn't understand how hard and how frustrating it was for him so when he actually sat down and told me and we talked about it it made me feel more comfortable with opening up because I think the reason that I don't open up to people is because I don't want to be disappointed. Like I don't want to tell somebody the deepest, darkest parts of me and things that upset and hurt me for fear of them doing the same things or for fear of them using that against me. Because in my past relationship, I've spoken openly about different struggles that I've had with different topics and, that person still did those same things. So it's like, why should I even tell you about it if you're just going to turn around and be that same person? I just had to learn that he is not my ex and he's here telling me that he wants to help me and he wants to grow with me and I just have to be willing and open up to it. So, you know, that's also another part of self-love is, allowing people to love you and allowing people to help you because I've I've always had a very hard time with that accepting the help and just allowing people to get in it's always been really hard for me I was looking up some ways to like help cultivate self-love and how to develop self-love and I came up well I came across this list online so I'm just going to read through this so how to develop self-love Step one, identify why you want to take this journey. Self-awareness can be emotionally draining and confusing, so having an understanding of why it's important to you... Wait, what? Oh, having an understanding (laughs) of why, why it's important for you will help you stay the course. Number two, commit. Number three, forgive. And that's not just forgiving other people, but it's also forgiving yourself. Take back your power... No more playing the victim. Take control of your own well-being. Let go. Let go of anything and anyone that doesn't serve you. It may feel lonely at first, but liberation will come. Surround yourself with good. That's good people, good times, good energy. Leave all of the negativity in the past. Practice self-compassion. Give yourself a break. Be a friend to yourself just as you would be a friend to anyone else. Take care of your needs. Set healthy boundaries. Affirm yourself on a daily. Speak life into yourself. Congratulate yourself. Thank yourself. Treat yourself. You are worthy. And the last part about affirming yourself, I have made it like, 
kind of like a self like a self-care routine for me to like wake up in the morning and when I go into the bathroom to brush my teeth and stuff I look into the mirror and I say five affirming things to myself every morning and it just helps give me that boost of energy that I need to help me get through the day and then for setting healthy boundaries I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I did post about boundaries on our page um, a couple weeks ago but I just wanted to go back over them one more time because I think that it's important so this these posts were from Lorraine Pascal Pascal I don't know how you pronounce her name, so I hope I'm not messing it up. <laughs> but she's an anxiety coach. And so the first post says, setting boundaries cheat sheet. Setting good boundaries is a skill I can learn. So these are things to tell yourself about setting boundaries. Setting good boundaries is a skill I can learn. I do not need to explain myself when saying no. If someone does not respect my boundary, I do not need to change it. I cannot control their reaction to my boundary, but I can control mine. My people-pleasing may be me still trying to seek parental approval. My boundaries help other people know where my limits are. It is normal for me to feel anxious when starting to set boundaries. If I feel anxious when setting boundaries, I can practice my breathing skills. I don't need to always prioritize other people to be accepted and loved. And... I think this is important because for me, I haven't always had boundaries and I've had a hard time with saying no to people. Whenever I want to tell somebody no, I always feel the need to explain why I'm saying no because I don't want to come off as harsh or mean. And it's just like, girl, why? Like, it's not mean to say no. Like, if I don't want to do it, it's just simply fucking no. So I'm learning that every day of my life because it's still hard <laughs> and um, she put she created a boundary setting script so a few things for you to say um, when trying to set boundaries so I would love to help you but I'm only free on Tuesday this week so this is if somebody asks you if you can do something for them and in that moment if you want to help them but you can't at that moment and you don't know how to say no to it you can give another option of when you're able to help them because I've always find that really hard like when somebody asks me can I help them do something if I don't feel like doing it in the moment I just always feel like I have to make up an excuse as to why I can't do it and I don't know why I feel like that like it's just like girl I don't feel like it it is fine to borrow this but do ask first next time and this is with my fucking sister I Please. And Somebody I'm not this... tell the sisters in the fucking back of the room. Please. I'm not this nice with her. I'd be like, bitch, stop taking my shit without asking me, okay? <laughs> Period. But maybe if I tell her it's fine if she borrows it, but please ask next time. Maybe that'll be nicer and she'll understand. I'm over that because the person that is enforcing the I have to share is my mother. Yes. And I keep trying to tell her that every time I let my sister borrow something, it always comes back not the same way that it was Mm -hmm. borrowed. Mm -hmm. And that's what really pisses me off is the fact that it's like, it's fucking ruined now. It's now your nasty dress. It's now your nasty shoes. And I don't like that because it's like, I spent money and time to get that piece because it's always clothes. It's always that. And I'm just like, girl, just buy yourself some clothes. 
And you don't even Girl. like my style. That's what's more crazy. <laughs> my sister is the same way. And it was always my mother like yelling at me for getting mad at her for using my stuff. How are you mad at me when she literally came into my room and stole? You're mad at me, but you're not mad at the thief. What is wrong with you? Did your mom pull the, you're the the oldest? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, kid, you the oldest. You are, I don't know. No, that does not matter. I don't know that girl. (laughs) Right. I don't care. You're the mother. Why don't you allow her to wear your stuff? No, they do not like that. stole from you. Exactly. Like that. That's funny. That is definitely the first boundary we need to set, yes. sisters. <laughs> yes. And like you said, every time she borrows something from me, it's not that I don't want her borrowing it. But yeah. every time she does, it comes back broken, stained, <laughs> or it's lost. How? It never comes back. <laughs> it never comes back. If it comes back, it's broken and stained. If it comes back. Because yeah, nine times out of ten, it, I won't ever see it again. <laughs> I remember I had these really cute big hoop earrings that I got from Aldo. Mm-hmm. And they were my favorite pairs of hoops because they had like little um like crystals around them. Oh, okay. I swear, I left them at my mom's house because this is when I was living in um Philly or I might have been on a trip or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know that I see my sister up in Instagram videos taking <laughs> pictures with my earrings on. <laughs> And oh I'm asking God. her, like, uh, excuse you, why do you have my shit on? And her answer is, girl, I'm going to put it back. That's no. not the point, baby. <laughs> baby, that's no. not the point. The audacity to be flaunting them around on Instagram. Right. Like, that's, that's so not funny. That's not the point, girl. So then when I get home, I'm looking for my hoops now because at this point now I want to wear them. <laughs> Erica, wear my hoops. Oh, I left one of them at Malaysia house. I'll get it. How did you leave one of them, (laughs) sweetie? What do you mean you left one? (laughs) No, that's funny. Girl, I never saw those earrings ever again. Oh, they're, so. now they're both gone. That's so funny because that's happened to Ayana. Her first trip out of the United States, she makes it to fucking Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then I happen to see a video of her sashaying around on a fucking hotel floor. And I was like, are those my brown pants? And she also is not the same size as me. We used to be similar. Now mm-hmm. I'm bigger than her. So you see her gathering the whole pair of pants at the waist with a a fucking belt so it's cinched son and i'm like what the fuck so i'm posting like ayana why do you have my pants on and then she's gonna send me a message back mom said i could borrow them mom said you could borrow my pants <laughs> i run downstairs mom you told ayana she could borrow my pants and it's not a big deal it's just pants oh my god Actually. let her cinch your pants at the waist god <laughs> That is so so funny. That is hilarious to me. (laughs) Yes, so the very first boundary is setting boundaries with your siblings. (laughs) Period. Oh, God. The next one is nine possible benefits of setting boundaries. So, you may have more time for yourself, notice people treating you with more respect, feel more comfortable with setting boundaries. Be less resentful of the people you used to do everything for. Enjoy the new levels of control you have over your own life. Experience feelings of more self-worth and self-respect. 
Notice how much more energy you have for yourself. Feel empowered to help others with the skill of boundary setting. Start to smile more on the inside as you see how far you've come. And I think that all of those are definitely very true and very tangible if we just set those boundaries, sis. Did you have any self-care tips, friend? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so what I do for self-care is one fucking sleep. Because okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things. And I remember someone told me that I sleep like a nigga. Because when <laughs> I am out, I am out. And Kia will know that if I want to go to sleep, I will fucking go to sleep no matter the place. Anywhere. <laughs> it does not matter, baby. If she's standing up and she wants to go to sleep, please don't bother her, sweetie. She's going to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. So that is one thing that I love to do. Another thing that is really calming to me when you were talking about skincare, I love the Neutrogena Hydrating Face Mask. Those mm-hmm. things make me feel so like tingly and warm. like the sheet mask. Um, so it's kind of like it's a sheet mask, but it's like a gel. So like when oh, I put it okay. on my face, it has all of the product to like hydrate mm-hmm. and like make your skin tight. So I love that feeling. I think I had the one that was in like a turquoise package. Yes, that one was really good. Yes, I have. I get the um the kind of like darker blue one mm-hmm. um and that's what i found that about found out about that by jackie ina because she mm-hmm. like swears by those so i love that um something for me that i also do for self-care is i free write um so that also helps with me with my songwriting um as well and then i also um sing which that's what I normally do in my mm-hmm. professional life as well. Um, and another thing that I really love is watching movies and television shows. That really helps. And my last thing, so what I did for 2020 when I wrote my goals, one thing was to meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do more often now is before when I wake up, I meditate um, think about having a positive day and basically manifesting what I want to see my day like. Um, I also put on my 2020 goals that I wanted to pray more. Um, I have been struggling with that discipline because what I um, one thing that I really liked about Islam is the fact of like they pray five times a day. And what I liked about it was because of the discipline in which like it no matter where they no matter where they are, they will pray regardless. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's like Christianity doesn't really have those strict rules in that religion, I felt like, oh, I want to start trying to do that. I'm still working on that, but I have been helping um like bring that into fruition is the meditation part of my day and it has been bringing like more peace um to my life and then also just speaking my truth also helps me with um self-care so if it's like like we were saying if it's something that you don't want to do then just say no if you do Mm want to do it then do it um oh and my last thing okay this is gonna be really because i'm like super conservative but let me just tell you guys, masturbation will change your life 
for yourself. Okay. So (laughs) it's like, I think that I never, I, I, I felt like I was sexual, but I never tapped into what I personally liked until Mm -hmm. I got into my current relationship because I just didn't know what that entailed. And I always thought like, ew, masturbation, so weird, so nasty. <laughs> but then now it's like, oh my God, it will help you like one, relax, two, like feel calm and at peace. I know like sometimes when you can be wound up and anxious and things like that, just releasing those endorphins does help your life. So honestly, ladies, Find some toys that you enjoy. Um, also I have there, some suggestions. Yes. <laughs> there's also like a lot of women. I know there's a lot of women podcasts that do talk about this topic specifically about um, sex health and sex education as well, which I think like if we learn more about it, it will make you feel more comfortable to do these things because I think it's such a taboo around that topic for women. So I will say, and I know you guys knowing me, I know it's kind of weird to be like, hmm, Indira. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, it will change your fucking life. <laughs> yes, I think masturbation is mwah, important, okay? Because it not important. only helps you, like, relax and feel good, but it helps you get to know your own body. Like, yes. sis, don't be afraid to explore down there. It is yours. It is yours. And how can you expect somebody else to please it if you don't even know how to please it like yes she's not a monster <laughs> she is beautiful and yeah. she needs love and <laughs> you're the best person to give it to her sis period because yes. me and my boyfriend um when quarantine first started we had ordered some sex toys and okay. <laughs> um oh so we ordered like a kit one of it had like a, a penis ring in it and then it had a like a little bullet, like a vibrating bullet in it, and mm-hmm. the bullet comes with a remote, so he can oh. control it. And he was so pressed about that, like yeah, he want, he's like, I want that one because I want to be able to control it. I'm like, sweetie, <laughs> okay, relax. And then it also came with like a little uh, rabbit clitoris vibrator. Okay. And when I tell you that I love that thing, like it's so good. And he'll see like the vibrator on the nightstand or something. He'd be like, mm, mm. I know what you was in here doing. Yes, sweetie, you do. <laughs> Know you, you already know <laughs> and then i have that other that other toy that i told y'all about yes. a while ago when i first got it and it's like a i don't know what to call it but it has like a g-spot vibrator on it and then it has a clit like sucking type mm-hmm. of motion on it <laughs> and when i tell you that that thing is so powerful sweetie honestly the first time i used it i went a little like rogue and i thought that my fucking clip was gonna fall off um, <laughs> i remember you said you almost passed out yes. <laughs> was like you need fucking water you need Honestly, water. seriously oh, um but yes masturbation is important and we're gonna have a little chat about this because i have a episode planned called don't you dare fake moan for that man sis mm-hmm. we're gonna get into it because <laughs> i'm sick and tired of us women not Faking being pleased yes. yes like <laughs> we deserve pleasure ladies we deserve, we deserve it. it and don't be afraid to talk about it and don't be afraid to ask for it and if your man is not pleasing you then baby either you figure it the fuck out and teach him or you leave that man alone because it's not worth it <laughs> It's not worth it. It's not. Trust me. And I do want to share a couple more self-care tips that I have. I follow this page called 
Therapy for Black Girls. And they're just really good at posting, like, motivational posts throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And they posted one a couple days ago, and it's called Self-Care Tips. It was only a few. So they said, keep smoothies and soups in your freezer for times that cooking feels difficult, which Mm. Lord knows cooking feels difficult a lot (laughs) of the times because, baby... It just be too much. It feels a very lot. (laughs) It just be too much, and I really just be finding myself like, I'm just not gonna eat because you know what? I don't feel like cooking. (laughs) I just really don't. So, keeping meals on hand that you can just grab and warm up, very important. Build activities into your schedule that you look forward to. Be forthcoming about how you're feeling, which is what we've been chatting about. And like I said earlier, I'm always down for a good bath, lighting my candles, turning on my music, and just sitting in the bath. And I'm, I love like body care stuff. So like body washes and soaks and Mm -hmm. masks and all that type of stuff. So I just love to do that. And I do my skincare routine, my mask, my steamer. I haven't gotten around to my hair being self-care because honestly, every time I sit down to do my hair, I want to shave it bald. So. (laughs) Every time. You need to also add a personal hairstylist to be on your roster as well. (laughs) Yes. Because baby... My hair routine is not self-care for me. It is stress, which is why my fucking bush looks like a matted piece of shit at this point. Oh, no. Sweetie, I took my bonnet off yesterday, and my man was looking at me like like I was crazy. And I'm like, you know what? Don't even judge me because... Don't even chat with me about anything. (laughs) Girl, I just don't have it in me right now to do my damn hair, but, you know. Yeah. Black girls. Black girl issues. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm... Strong ass arms. <laughs> right. It's really the arms. Yeah. It's really like, don't do arm day and then try to do your hair because <laughs> you will die. That's funny. They will feel like jello after. <laughs> and then my hair is at that weird stage again. You know, I always get here. Yeah. And when I get here is when I always cut my hair. Yes. Because I'm at that awkward, like, it's not long, but it's also not short enough for me to just, like, slick it back or something. Gotcha. So I actually have to, like, get in there and do something to it. And I have a lot of hair. Like, when I say a lot of hair, I mean, like, the density of my hair and how thick my strands are. Mm. I have a lot of hair on my head, and it's very difficult. It's very fucking difficult. Yeah, so, ladies, we are all about cultivating self-love and being more self-aware and intentionally loving ourselves. So, I hope that this episode was a little bit helpful. And if you guys also have any self-care tips, don't be afraid to leave them down in the comments. We say this all the time. Like, we're trying to engage with you guys. (laughs) And I don't know, like, I don't know what's going on. Please do say something. (laughs) Yes. Even if it's just a hi. Yes. You know, checking in on us. Because we want to know how you guys are doing, too. We thank Mm -hmm. you for your support. And we thank you for listening to us. But... We want to now, like, build a deeper connection with our audience and engage more so that we can take this thing to higher levels. Yes. So we thank you guys for listening to us, as always. And we will see you back here next week for another episode of Melanin Matters.